This week on the Thronecast, rocks fall and everyone dies. Gather up your extra vowels, it's time for the Thronecast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. Previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 25 through 29 of The Last Command. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co host, Brian. Hello. Matthew. Hello. Amanda. Hello. And Tyler is not with us. We hope he'll be joining us, but um, we have to record tonight or not at all before celebration. So, yay, we're uh, ending the book. Yay. Oh, is celebration happening? It is. It is. I hadn't heard anything about that. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's a convention yeah. um, that's going on right around the time of the charity benefit that I'm in charge of. Mm-hmm. There oh, is. yeah, there's, there's a whole nother event that weekend. Yeah, so this is our very last chapter discussion. We are very glad to be here and wrapping up this legendary journey through the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, it has been a blast, and I'm really glad I reread these books, and I'm super excited to read Thrawn, hopefully next week or the week yes. after. Yes. Very exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah, give next it, week. Give mm-hmm. it to me. <laughs> let, let me touch it with my grubby fingers. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> All right. That was amazing. So, Do it. So before... <laughs> let, me, let me stroke its pages. No. So before <laughs> we move on to the chapter discussion, uh, we I received an email from Daniel Gay Um about the Throncast, more specifically, Zon the Sordonic. Uh, so he thanked us for the podcast, and he's been listening You're to welcome, it. welcome, Daniel. So he's been listening to it um, and reading through the books again. And he decided to um, count how many times he used the word sardonic during the trilogy. Um, so he, you know, this is an exact count, you know, cause he was listening in audiobook. However, um, he counted 23 times across the entire trilogy. It's actually not as many as I would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> he said 10 times. Maybe each. there's more. Yes. He said 10 times each in Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising, but only three in The Last Command. So... You know what? I think this trilogy and maybe others on books that I've read, I don't know, but like I've never seen the word sardonic used by anybody (laughs) 
other than Timothy Zahn. Like everybody else is happy with the word sarcastic, but not not Zahn. No. He's he's got to go for the sardonic because I guess it it's space it just, sarcastic. It well, it just like sort of like lends itself more towards I guess like the sort of Han Solo kind of smug sarcasm. Yeah, I yeah, guess. I'm like would, I use it, but. Thing. But I hear you, I just heard you say that. I was like, yeah, that character would be that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yes. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the, <laughs> that work outside of a Timothy Zahn novel. <laughs> so thank you, Timothy Zahn, for expanding our uh, vocabulary as well as the Star Wars universe. I feel like I need a hashtag sardonic t-shirt to get him to sign at Celebration now. I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> because I have nothing to do between now and then. Right. <laughs> Make a t-shirt. That needs to happen now. So let's move on to chapter 25. We are, again, on our very last chapters. When we last left our heroes, Card and Leia were using Card's uh, Vornskers to find Mara and Luke in uh, Mount Tantus. And as chapter 25 begins, the strike team is beginning their incursion into Mount Tantus. Han, Luke, and Chewie take point, then return to fetch the rest of the team. Uh, There's some fun action bits where they are, you know, taking out the, the, you know, the stormtroopers there as advanced scouts before everyone else comes in. I love Han's My One of my favorite moments. I took notes on this because I knew I wouldn't remember it because I was in the airport coming back from Los Angeles. Right here on the first page is just vintage Han Solo. The smart thing to do, the thing any reasonably non-suicidal person (laughs) would do, would be to duck back behind the corner before the shooting started. Instead, Han gripped the corner with his free hand, using the leverage to throw himself completely across the entry corridor. I figured and, you would like my, that. <laughs> and my moment that I liked was just after when, you know, after he's ended those two stormtroopers and they're talking about a door in their way. He's like, the door, which, like the stormtroopers themselves, was no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the bravado. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of neat character moments with this action sequence. So um they they realize they're going to have to use their explosives to blow up the cloning chamber. Which um, reminds me of the moment in The Force Awakens when Han is like, my friend's got a bag of explosives. Yeah. So just we use them. them. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I it was very much this, that moment. I got to this part and I was like, oh, remember the other time Han and Chewie went to blow up a, a Imperial facility Too with soon. explosives? Too soon. <laughs> well, <laughs> someone does get skewered with a lightsaber, but not Han. True. Spoiler alert, not Han. So Mara suggests heading to the Emperor's throne room because he might have some sort of override there that can, like, or self-destruct for the facility. Um, Luke, of course, goes with her. And as we know, that's where Sabioth is under arrest. Oh, no. Dramatic irony. Dramatic irony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so a few points of note for in this section, Han still calls Luke kid or refers to him Which as is adorable. Kid, and you know, the kid's but lightsaber. That's how you know you're in Han's head at that moment when yeah. it's like, it's the kid's lightsaber and the kid did this. Like, yes. 
That's how you know that you're seeing everything through mm-hmm. those smuggler eyes. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about how Zahn calls out Han's reckless behavior, which is great. Um, I I really liked the comparisons of Mount Tantus to the uh, to what we see on Camino. Like the way that he describes it doesn't really seem much different from what we see in Attack of the Clones. So it's almost like it could be two different facilities with the same technology. Oh, totally. I Which mean, the is first... fantastic because that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I read, well, I guess not when I read this, because this came out like several years before that. But like looking back, I get more of like sort of an Akira Final Fantasy VII vibe from this mm-hmm. cloning chamber. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, it totally works like interchangeably with, you know, mm-hmm. what we see in the uh, in the prequels and in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, also, not only does Han refer to Luke as kid, when he's looking at Mara, he says, hold it together, kid, just a little longer, okay? I, I saw that. It made and my I love tiny that. shriveled heart grow. <laughs> <laughs> You're tiny. I just love every time that Han and Mara are like, like that, because he is such the buddy for her. Like it, it she needs someone it, who understands her and Han Solo's that guy. Like it warmed the like consoles of, my, of my hard dead heart. <laughs> I'm glad Matthew. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad Mara could and Han could do that for you. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know if Mara if Mara knew that Han was thinking of her that way, she would murder him. <laughs> she would lightsaber him in the face. <laughs> yeah, would. And he knows that, and yet anything any reasonable non-suicidal person would do, yeah, <laughs> would be not to call her kid. And right. yet, yeah. Um. So, and I also like uh, Mara's sort of her statement that the Emperor wasn't one for leaving things behind that other people could use. Um, which after reading Empire's End fit in really well with that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was yeah. really surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, that could have come right out of Empire's End and his whole contingency idea. So I thought that was kind of cool. Although I'm not lying to you and I'm not trolling you when I say when I saw Empire's End in the show notes there for a second I thought you were talking about the comic series oh god and I was like what the hyperspace missile what is that oh no the book of course she's talking about the book the book (laughs) the good Empire's End um so remember the hyperspace missile guys (laughs) no I don't because I never read those because I'm I I care about my (laughs) well-being I mean I'll I'll uh I will I will defend uh, Empire Zen and or uh, Dark Empire and Dark Empire two with my to 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 the death, but uh, but Empire Zen was was pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we move to the smugglers at Bill Bringy. Uh, the Star Destroyers arrive and pe- pe- people begin to think that this was an ambush. Um, but then Aves realizes that the Star Destroyers aren't there for them. Um, cause there are interdictors ready to pull people out of hyperspace, but the new Republic was supposed to be hitting Tang Green. So what's going on? Womp, womp. It's almost like there was some sort of comical misunderstanding going on between Wedge and Aves. This whole thing never really worked for me. Yeah. I gotta be honest. It's kind of the weakest part of this whole thing. Yeah. And like... 
I feel like maybe instead of spending all the time at the beginning working on the whole like cloning backtracking thing that winds up not going anywhere and maybe instead of describing amazing you know fountains or whatever <laughs> you could have like worked a little harder at uh, making this plot uh, a little feel a little more relevant but yeah. uh, but whatever yeah. <laughs> it's there yeah it's fine <laughs> uh so Luke and Mara arrive in the throne room. It's sufficiently creepy. Um, there's a hologram map of the galaxy that I really want for my house. Right? I, I, um, the first time I read this, I basically had that thought. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. The way it's described, it's supposed to make you think of Return of the Jedi, because that's what these books do. Uh, <laughs> and then the throne turns around just like in Return of the Jedi and oh my god Sabioth is sitting in the throne dun 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 very good I set you up for that (laughs) (laughs) so we move to chapter 26 where Sabioth is all I knew you'd come you will be my servants Jedi should rule the galaxy blah 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 Uh, blah 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 Yada yada I'm blah blah. Crazy. Blah. Yeah, I'm really over him. The wise man once said that guy's brain is a bag of cats. <laughs> it is a bag of Vornskers, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he set up the attack, uh, so there would be a distraction and they could get in. There's a really long conversation with lots of villain monologuing on Sabiel's part. Uh, then he hits a remote activator. That kills all the Salamiri in the mountain. Oops. And then Mara gets forced lightning to the chest. Shit just got real, son. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So uh, they were worried about being able to confront him uh, and or or to basically, you know, blow up the mountain without the force. Now they're uh, they're in trouble because the force is back yeah they have the force but so does the bad guy and he has no compunction about using it to not good yeah he's he's a lot he's a lot worse than them and is a lot more powerful um right there there's two of them there's one of him they aren't cold-blooded murderer lunatics and he is so mm -hmm. that's bad that's a good description of him um, then not only is he crazy, but he has a crazy clone whose name yes. is Luke. Yes! <laughs> Luke! I love Luke! <laughs> I have to say, Mainly the first time I, I read this book, Luke. I didn't see it coming. I literally, like, this blew me away. Somehow mm-hmm. I completely missed the idea that crazy clone Luke... I think That'd most people, I, th- I, I, I did too. I didn't, I didn't expect it. Oh, I had no idea so this was coming. It yeah. was like a hammer being dropped. Like it really was a drama button moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. I, yeah, well, yeah. And because, like, because now we, you know, we know. But like back then, you're wondering, well, how would they create a clone of Luke Skywalker? You know, they. How would you know? How would they do that? And so when, when you know, earlier on when. Uh, Sabioth says to Paleon, you know, I need you to create a clone. You know, you're thinking, well, like, what is he talking about? But you're not necessarily thinking, you know, Luke. But then when he comes out, you're like, 
oh, this makes perfect sense because of Mara's whole deal with killing Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and I really think that when I read this the first time, I dropped the book and picked up the phone and called my friend I'd borrowed it from and was like, oh my God, I just got to this part. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, like the picture, the, the cover, you know, shows Luke and Mara fighting and so you're you're left to think oh my god you know she finally snapped and wanted to kill him um but then you know you'll you look further and you realize wait he's kind of wearing like jedi robes and oh okay it's the clone not actual luke yeah not gonna lie i never analyzed the cover art like that yeah Yeah, me either but i i I do i do enjoy the touch that on the cover his lightsaber is blue yeah whereas you know running around he's using his green lightsaber. and also it makes perfect sense because you know luke has the when he has the revelation of that's his clone he thinks back to the cave on dagobah and seeing his face and he had that whole flashback way back in heir to the empire so you realize yeah. him going off to Dagobah wasn't just, you know, to set up the whole Mara thing or, you know, that Mara was at the sail barge or, you know, to set up just a plot device for him to find the homing beacon. It was mostly a plot device. It was. It was, but it pays <laughs> off here, you know. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Um, so the fu- And I mean, Thrawn, uh, Thrawn Zahn could have gotten away <laughs> with not having that and just, mm-hmm. you know, referring back to the movie. Right. Um, at this point. But it works so much nicer that he like he, you know, he placed that in our minds, yeah. you know, in the first book. It's right. it it's a yeah. really it's a really nice reveal. Yeah. He's been breadcrumbing this moment out since like the first chapter of Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like he's been giving us the trail to follow to get here and yet like somehow I had no idea that there was a gingerbread house at the end. Like it, yeah. yeah, this is this is really brilliant, lovely, fantastic, and it only gets better because mm-hmm. Mara becomes like the most excellent she can possibly be here in the next few pages. Right. So um there's a weird pressure in Luke's mind, like some sort of force resonance. Um he knows he made a promise to Mara and he will be there with her until the end, but he doesn't know, is it his end or hers? <laughs> well, bum, and it's bum, like bum. she Again. she wanted him to promise to kill her and he's yeah. like, but I can't do that. But the least I could do is stand by her. Like, it's the most Luke Skywalker pure. Right. Precious. He is so good. Right. He is the light in the galaxy. So, um, here... We find out that the Emperor, uh, you know, found or basically got the hand and the lightsaber from Cloud City. Um, and that's, you know, he has creepy and icky. And it is horrible, creepy, by the way. But it makes sense for the Emperor. I mean, he goes around salvaging pieces of children when they've been locked <laughs> off by his henchmen. Yep. This always, like, confused me, though, because, like... In in The Empire Strikes Back, after Luke, like, you know, falls the final, like, bit, and he's on, like, that, like, TV antenna or whatever mm-hmm. that's sticking out of the bottom of the thing. Vein, like, yeah. Sure. Like, he looks down, and, like, something falls down right. into 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 the clouds of, of Bespin, and I always assumed that was his hand and his lightsaber. I always did, too. 
but apparently but like, not. <laughs> and, and apparently <laughs> he was even, like just some other flotsam. Yeah. And I mean, apparently even in canon, not because right. obviously, you know, shows up with well, his lightsaber. And that's but what, like, and that's what I was going to bring up now was now we, we again have a situation where that lightsaber has returned. Yeah. Um, and, and we now, as of Empire's End, have Lando getting Cloud City back. So yeah, but we, I'm really we interested have, to see the journey that lightsaber is going to take yeah. to get to Maz Kanata. Right. As she yeah. said, a good question for another time. For another time. Perhaps and a spinoff novel. <laughs> maybe. Or a comic. She, she mm. may as well have said. Mm. Right. If anyone from Delray is listening, I think Nancy and I would love to collaborate on a book about that. Um, no, but honestly, smugglers. Like, she writes amazing Luke Skywalker. Like, let's make this happen. Like that line though was the most like corporate synergy. It like was. you know, yes. we have spinoff yes. material line in the whole movie. <laughs> Right, but it, it not, was same bad time, same bad. Not it, that I, not that I'm complaining. Like I'll read that novel. <laughs> yeah, it was really really nice to see that lightsaber again and kind of like be like, oh, it still means something, and yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. So we move oh, back. We move back to Lando and Chewie, who are still trying to figure out how to blow up the cloning chamber. Uh, there's you know some business that goes on with them fighting and they end up locking themselves in and the Imperials out. Um, the New Republic arrives at Bill Bringy and oh my God, it appears to be a trap. That, he, <laughs> that is the quote. He doesn't, he doesn't quite say it, but he, he it appears it. <laughs> to be a trap. I like, I like, appreciate because, like he's, he's older. He's matured. <laughs> he's not as like knee jerk and reactionary. Like if you'll allow me, you know, in Return of the Jedi, he's like, oh my god, it's a trap! But here he's like, hmm, it appears to be a trap. <laughs> I'm not sure we should wait and see for more information, because I'm older and wiser it's now. only five years it, it makes it fan service adjacent and not directly fan service. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty much directly fan service. It is directly <laughs> So, uh, Han is on his way to help Luke and Mara. Um... But he finds... And I don't know what he thinks he's going to be able to do, by the way. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm on solo hard. and I got a blaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he tried to end Vader with a blaster that one time, and that did not end well for him. No. So... He even, like, think of that. He's like, oh, yeah, the last time I tried to take on a dark Jedi, like, it went very, very poorly for me. <laughs> um... So he's just, like, running headlong into danger again. Again, any reasonable non-suicidal person is not Han Solo. The kid's right. in trouble. Both the kids. Yeah, both right. of them. Both the kids are in trouble. You got to help them. Um, and then bring it back to the Falcon and tuck them in but then, with some hot chocolate. But then he finds <laughs> Leia and Card instead. Uh, we, we have some family reunion smoochy time. Um, and well, yeah, Leia has to tell him not to shoot because he's so not expecting her yeah. to be almost blasted right. to smithereens right there in the hall. And Leia's, <laughs> Leia's really upset. Um, but, you know, more so than Han anticipates, uh, because Leia, of course, is the only person who can sense that the Force is back, uh, and realize, you know, that Luke and Mara are off with Sabioth with the Force, and that's not a good thing, so they go run off to the throne room. Uh, there is... Again, yeah, these are not... These are not people that are really into self-preservation. No, they're um, not. I do hope they are. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't better. have uh, books. 
arrangements for the custody of their children, um, just in case. Well, I mean, yeah. they make those arrangements they, here yes. in these pages. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, there, move, move on to chapter 27. There's a lightsaber fighting. It's great. Uh, Mara's freaking out and Sabioth is taunting her because, of course, he is. Uh, Luke gets the upper hand and almost ends the fight, but Sabioth intervenes, saying it has to be a fight to the death. Um, Leia and Han and Card arrive in the throne room. Han tries to suit Sabioth because, of course, he does, but Sabioth uses the force to block the shot with Marv's blaster. Uh, and then um, Sabioth is really super excited about Leia being there. Because he's like, yes, finally, I get Leia Organa Solo. But my question was, his whole thing was the babies and the Jedi twins, who are obviously not there anymore, because Leia is no longer pregnant. Well, <laughs> the, the twins are really tiny, right? Like, they're too young to train yeah. anyway. And I think his thought process is, if I can turn Leia and make her into my willing servant, she will willingly bring me these kids right around the time they're potty trained and I can start doing stuff with them. Yeah, I think my... I think he kind of knows that if he has the mom in his thrall, he could get the babies. I yeah, think I mean, my idea... In so much as he has a thought process. Yeah, I think my idea of him being Cray is is the better one. <laughs> I mean, I think it's equally plausible. I think it's a little of column A, a little of column B. Yeah. <laughs> that he doesn't quite understand what pregnant is and means, and that she's not anymore. Right. Um, that that no, I think he and just. I, he also and sort of like, has. Like, yeah, Leia's here. Finally, the gang's all here. We'll get <laughs> yeah, and he's. I don't know. He's also had. I I see his like fascination with Leia and and fecundity and just it's been really creepy and icky the whole time so yeah everything about him is creepy and icky yes that's true 100%, 100%. Um, you're not wrong so he goes berserk with force lightning and Mara gets trapped under the catlock Luke offers to say if Sabioth lets his friends leave because of course he does because he is the light in the galaxy he is precious and wonderful and someone should like do something nice it for is him. the least surprising development ever <laughs> true true it's almost perfunctory yeah yeah <laughs> like okay here comes luke offering to sacrifice himself for his friends <laughs> again <laughs> again so we move it back tuesday yeah so we move back to Shuin lando they start planning the explosives hoping they can warn the others before the entire mountain blows up you know but but they're willing to do what needs to be done. Um, move back. There's more snap hiss. Sabioth is not one to take Luke's offer. Uh, Luke tricks the clone into slicing at a view screen. Um, he kind of like backs up to the wall and Mara's like, what is he doing? Like he's getting himself trapped. But then the clone um, slices at the wall and he realized it wasn't you know it, it wasn't a window or a wall it was the v a view screen and he gets like electronics to the face uh which was a really good move luke good job <laughs> proud of you <laughs> <laughs> um then mara grabs leia's lightsaber 
uh as which is great like i i just want to pause here because like it's like you know, the, the lightsaber moment. is mid-flight like on the way to savioth but yeah. like he's distracted for just that moment because he's the one we haven't really mentioned like he's the one like piloting the loot clone around like there's no yes. brain in the loot clone there's just savioth piloting him around so his attention's diverted and when the clone gets the thing to the face like his attention just slips just enough and she like grabs it like from him with the force in midair and it's just it's wonderful. Yeah. It is pretty amazing. It's I, I can almost hear the burning homestead cue after she grabs the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> um so then Mar kills the Luke clone. Yeah. She, she fulfilled the last command. Fulfilling the prophecy. And she is finally free. This is so Thank narratively satisfying and tidy. <laughs> like I love it. It is. Like when I say tidy, I don't mean that in like a in a in a bad way. I don't mean that as a criticism. Like it's, it's not a it's, pejorative. It's, it's literally tidy like... in it's tidy in the best, most satisfying way possible. Right. It's so it's, good. it's <laughs> because... fantastic. It's one of those moments where you hope that Timothy's on like rubbed his hands together and sighed and went and had whiskey <laughs> because it was yeah. just it's as an author, you so rarely get a moment like that. Totally, right. yeah. And this it's one just... was just perfection because you you're wondering throughout the entire yeah. trilogy how, how is it going to be resolved? Yeah. yeah, how can she how can she exercise this ghost while at the same time not killing Luke? Because of course she's not going to kill Luke. Yeah, and you don't like how... you don't want her to, but you also want her to get the voice out of her head. Right, exactly. So and like honestly, this... I thought she was going to die the whole trilogy. Oh, yeah. I thought she was doomed in the last scene. And when you get into this scene and you get into the meat of the fighting, she doesn't like come out unscathed. I thought the first time I read this the whole time, I was like, this is the part where she dies. Mm. Yeah. And then plot twist. Well, yeah. it would have been so easy too to just have some like cheesy like. You know, she shakes her fist at like a hallucination of the emperor and is like, I reject you, Palpatine. <laughs> and he's like, no, yeah, no, the final betrayal. And it, like, it would have been really lame. But like, yeah. this is just this is been, so much better. She's been such a pivotal character to this trilogy that it really felt like Kirk, Spock, Bone, Sulu, and Uhura go down to the planet with one other guy. <laughs> and he may last both halves of the two-parter, but... He ain't coming back to the Enterprise alive. (laughs) And that's really how I felt about Mara this whole time. I'm like, don't get attached because she's here to die. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I was actually really like beside myself thrilled that she didn't die here. She's even a red head, not a red shirt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They never gave her a red shirt. All of her loose flowing tunics were not red. I think you mean uh, tight clingy cat suits. No, let's move on. <laughs> I, I seem to remember Zod no. in detail some some tight clingy cat suits. No, in fact, it was a loose flowing tunic and it was a title of one of the episodes. That's wow, right. Our, my, our memory of this is very different. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we're going to go with mine because I host the show I'm, and you don't. Right? Nancy and, and I are our team and, tunic. And, and also you are right. I am right. <laughs> and I'm trolling you. You are. <laughs> So let's move on. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and she was finally free. Chapter 28. Yes. Chapter 28. We move back to the Chimera at Bilbringi. Pelion marvels again about how Thrawn was right. 
like again because well, like, at course this point you would think that he would like i mean come on no Paleon. yeah I no, think Paleon is having, every time something gets a little wilder, a little wilder, I feel like Paleon's having one of those moments, one of these days you're going to be wrong, and I just hope I'm around to see it. Yeah. Paleon's like, the, maybe, I, I don't know if I've I've used this analogy on the podcast before, but like, you ever like go to a movie and like there's somebody <laughs> sitting nearby who's like, it's like the first time ever seeing a movie and they're like <laughs> gasping at every line of dialogue. That's what Paleon is. Oh, it's like he's never like seen a movie before. Like or read a Star Wars book, <laughs> like you come on, man, or the Star Wars books that he was in, like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. come on, dude, like you know, you know, you know how this is gonna turn out, right? This is the third book in the trilogy, Gilad. Get on yeah. the program. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, I, I would really like for him to show up in Rebels just so we can kind of get him going. Wow, you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love him, so I would die if he was showed up in Rebels. Yeah. I would be so excited. Like I would, I would start the Peleon fandom anew myself. So uh, Peleon suggests they leave uh, one ship alone to tell the New Republic of their defeat, and they decide that it should be Akbar's ship because it would raise more suspicions because of the whole bit with Felia and Akbar being under house arrest and because they're really crafty bastards. Um we move they're like twirling their mustaches. They are too. He's like, what an excellent suggestion. Why not Akbar? And yeah. Peleon's like, oh, Thrawn, you scamp. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go How make deliciously out. Deliciously <laughs> evil. Then they go make out. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back yes. to, we move back to the rogues who are fighting pew 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 um aves contacts oh, man, them I wish the was here. aves contacts them and they decide that they should work together um so that was you know that's kind of neat you know we get that payoff from the chapters before um, so, and then we move back to Mount Tantus. Now that the clone is dead, or sorry, now that Luke is dead, Luke. regular Luke is all better. Uh, Mara is too. Uh, and they have this nice little moment where she's like, brain all clear now? And he's like, yeah, how about yours? And she's like, yeah, you want to go make out? <laughs> Wait a second. Pretty much. <laughs> Not what again, our, again, our memories are diverging. I'm <laughs> sorry. Time, I think. This time I think I'm the right one. <laughs> that was that was fanfic I wrote. Sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, like, she doesn't but I need say want to make out. She means it. They're in the subtext. <laughs> but it's like, a sweet. I, I'm still here with the force lightning, and they're like just half a mo. Yeah. It was. It's a sweet moment. It know? is. No, it, it is. It is a sweet moment. It's a very sweet moment. Uh, Sabiath, of course, is pissed. And as but I he, said, he doesn't think it's so sweet. No, as no. I said in the intro, rocks fall. Um, and he, as he literally starts to bring the ceiling down on top of them, um, Savioth is like, all right, uh, I said one Mara Jade will kneel at my feet. You know, Mara Jade will kneel at my feet. One Mara Jade or another. <laughs> then he twirls his beard. Uh, Honestly, this just feels like justification at this point. It's like. Stop trying to justify your crazy pants visions. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, oh, now it's a clone that's gonna kneel on my feet. Like, okay, buddy. Like, whatever. You're, you're okay, but part you're of the threat. Here. 
part of the threat of a clone will kneel at my feet is like, I'm going to slice you to ribbons and kneel <laughs> no, I... a piece of you to make more of yous to kneel, kneel at my feet. No, it's, so... a credi- it's a credible threat. It's just that his like sort of like internal narrative, like, yeah. you know, no, structure of like, this is all according to my plan. It's like, eh, tone it down a little. The dismemberment to me is the like concerning part of that plan. <laughs> so, um, you can- if you can clone me while I'm totally fine, otherwise, go ahead. I'll just kill that one, too. But if you need to dismember me first, the I'm not thing, signing up for that. The thing I really love is when he goes, I am the Jedi Master Savioth. The Empire, the universe is mine. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. Chill out, dude. <laughs> right? Shaking his fists above his head. Like, come on. Old man yells at Cloud. It is. Jedi, okay. Jedi edition. <laughs> All right. Can I just comment now since you said that? Um, about l- the season finale of Rebels. If you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil oh. it. I saw someone oh Photoshop the newspaper. Blue Man, Blue Man yells, yells at Cloud. Cloud. It was the <laughs> yes. funniest that, shit. <laughs> that was really good. It was great. <laughs> Hats off to whoever did that. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was. Very appropriate because right. holy cloud, y'all. <laughs> so, uh, but Hera called Kane in love. It's canon. It's great. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Lando and Chewie blow up the cloning chamber. They contact Han on the comm, and Han tells them to get out of there. Um, if they don't na- make it, Winter will need someone to help raise the kids. To which I go, <laughs> Oh my God, Han Solo! <laughs> what the hell? Why do you make me upset because, like this? I mean, well, if it's think, only winter, no one things. will be a bad influence, right? I know. Yeah. Winter needs uh, Lando and Chewie. Like, well, can you no, imagine the three be, of them let's, raising let's their children? Be, let's be clear. Han is talking to Chewie right then. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say, yeah. Lando, <laughs> please help raise my kids. Han knows better. <laughs> <laughs> Right. He is very specifically talking to Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lando's like, yeah, we have the wild card and R2 schematics of the mountain. It's not over yet. You can say that in his voice. It's not over yet. That's terrible. Not over yet. That was, that's like my best Lando yet, which <laughs> granted isn't saying much, but mm. like, I'm getting there. Okay. On our last episode, I'm finally getting there. <laughs> So Leia uses the Force to guide Mara towards Savioth uh, as the rocks are falling because Mara, because Leia is not, you know, under the the ceiling where this is happening. Um, Luke is, um, you know, kind of Luke is trapped by the rocks, so he can't really help, but he is able to use his lightsaber to slice through. The Vornsker's leashes, because he notices them straining and going right towards Sabioth. This is another great, like, payoff moment. Right, because we, you know, see them in Heir to the Empire as they're straining to get to Mara. You know, we they they fought them throughout in the forest on Morker, uh, and now, you know, they finally get to attack 
The cray cray guy. They're, they're literally unleashed. The puppy. <laughs> the Vortzgers unleashed. Look at the boy. Um, Sabiath turns his attack towards them, which, by the way, I do not like the idea of the Vortzgers getting forest lightning in the chest. That's very mean. No, uh, but, but someone could call ASPCA on him. Don makes sure to, to mention in the next chapter that they were fine. Yes. Thank you. Um, right, because because one of those does the dog die? Like if it, it is, if that's it's very case, important. Uh, Sabiath turns his attack towards them by force lightning, and that is all the distraction Mara needs. Uh, and this is why I love Mara so much because she killed Sabiath. She yeah. cut that fool open. Yeah, she did. She did. She did. She skewered him. He's like, I will do deal with her later. No, you will deal with me deal now. With me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Saviat dies in the end. We're all happy. <laughs> also, Saviat explodes. Which, yes. Um, he is interesting. explodes. Like, 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 again, like Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like, I, and until, like, I read this, I... I don't know. I never really thought about it that much, but I'd always assumed that like that like burst of energy was like him hitting like a conduit or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's Death Star energy coming up, not not Dark Force Palpatine <laughs> energy. <laughs> I did too. I did too. Well, because the Death Star is under bombardment at that point, right? So anything yeah. could have been going haywire. Yeah. And honestly, for the longest, I thought there was no story reason for it at all. That it was just like Lucas going, "Hey, I can make something blow up now." Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because this, you know, back in the day, there was no story group or anything for him to ask questions of, you know, so, so much of this is his interpretation of what happened yeah. in the original trilogy, um, which isn't necessarily everyone else's. So it's really interesting to see how that differs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm totally fine it, with like with this interpretation. It yeah. makes sense. And it makes a nice counterpoint to like, yeah. you know, Yoda, you know, fading out. Yeah. Whereas what the it emperor and it's also like, it's also rage. Yeah. <laughs> it's also convenient because he explodes and like blows the roof off the, the mountain yeah. <laughs> where the wild card okay. can come and oh, land and save them. And get out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, I do like what it says about the different relationships to the force, and mm-hmm. I like that it conveniently gives yeah. us plot. Right. Yeah. So uh now that that one villain is dealt with and that's tied in a neat little bow of course we have to finish with the others uh so we go back to the chimera things aren't going very well in the battle but thrawn is optimistic um Pelion gives a report from wayland about an attack um and this attack involves a group of nogri um now if you remember uh a, when Mara was having the conversation with the unnamed Nogri, because she is racist against them and can't remember their names. She just didn't know the guy's name. <laughs> um, he said, you know, there will come a time soon when the Nogri will turn on the Empire, on ships, and on planets and stuff. And It will be amazing. And we get this payoff here. Uh, Rook. Yep, turns out he wasn't a liar. Rook attacks Thrawn, or Rook attacks Paleon. 
He says, Oh, my, my OTP. I know. I'm sorry, Matthew. <laughs> Your OTP is dead. Uh, for the treachery of the Empire against the Nogri people, we were betrayed. We have been revenged. And then Paleon turns and sees Thrawn sitting in his chair with the assassin's knife sticking out of his chest. And Thrawn says his famous last words. Repeat after me. But it was so artistically done. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <sighs> I'd like to point out that Rook does not kill Paleon. No, he meaning, does not. Meaning... My OTP survives. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rook doesn't. <laughs> doesn't he? No, I don't think so. I mean, he no. just he just vanishes. Mm, well, uh, nope, died. Nine ABY aboard the Chimera in the Bilberni system. Sorry, that's, that's just an assumption. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, like, that's what it says. But this, all this says is Rook's line. We were betrayed. We have been revenged. Mm-hmm. There was a whisper of movement and he was gone. Mm-hmm. Like that could imply that Rook like, you know, got to an escape pod or whatever. It could. I mean, he's a like turbocharged alien oh, as- assassin superhero. Like he could totally, he could totally get it. Yeah. Rook um... lives. Hashtag. Hashtag Rook lives. <laughs> well, I think actually... I think I think it was so. So I'm reading Wikipedia now, and it says, "Meanwhile, Rook fled to the Chimera's hangar bays and tried to reach a shuttlecraft to escape. However, a clone of Major Groden Tierce had established a stormtrooper unit in the hangar bay, where he falsely believed an attack against Thrawn would most likely originate. Tierce's unit intercepted and killed Rook. What's the source on that? Spectre of the Past." Uh, sorry that's about as cannons you can get for Zon. Uh, fine sorry Matthew no you'll eventually get to that book <laughs> eventually um, so Peleon orders a retreat because he is not the tactician Thrawn is and there's no way he could win the day womp 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 once against Peleon retreats just like he did on Endor bum 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 the so, words ached in his throat in a way that had nothing to do with the throbbing pain of Rook's treacherous attack. <laughs> That's he's so sad dramatic. that Thrawn is dead. Yeah. So yeah, those are Thrawn's famous last words. And uh, so if you ever hear Star Wars fans saying, but it was so artistically done. That's why. And I would like to point out it's artistically, not artfully. It's often misquoted, but it's artistically. <laughs> it's artistically. Is, is this the play it again, Sam, of, uh, yes. of the Star Wars universe? Yes, it is. The line's, yes. the line's not play it again, Sam. No, he never says this. play it again. He never fucking says. Actually. Sorry, <laughs> tag. He never says play, play it again, Sam. As time goes by. It's, now I'm going to have to watch that movie again. It's also. That was my wedding dance. It's also the Luke, I am your father of the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, wait, I was about to make a point. Oh, just, I mean, like, yes, like, it's it makes sense that, like, Thrawn would be undone by his own arrogance, mm-hmm. like, the no grieve. But, like, 
And like, it's a great like moment and scene and whatever, but it, it feels a little anticlimactic to me. I wonder if, if they knew what was going to become of the expanded universe, if Thrawn would not have died in this trilogy. Think so. um, yeah, because I mean, you know, yeah. he's the villain, as Zahn has said, the villain, you know, needed to die. But I mean, he becomes like super he, his huh, his specter, sorry, hang, <laughs> hangs over the whole of the expanded universe, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot the of Hand the of Thrawn books. Well, and a lot of, you know, Dala and the rest of them are all sort of pale imitations, like, right. of other authors trying to, like, create a villain that's as interesting right. and menacing. I mean, I love Thrawn. Dala a lot, but Ugh. she's no Thrawn. <laughs> um, I, okay. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I, I like that Thrawn died. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that, like, in in terms of, like, narrative structure, and especially after the great scene we just got with Sabioth and, and Luke, um, this just feels a little a little anticlimactic as well. Right. Yeah, it's, I'm, I, I do like it, though, because, you know, I, there's a lot of people who don't like Thrawn necessarily who hate that he's always seeing everything and he's always you know seven steps ahead um and i just i love the idea that he is undone because he couldn't see that the nogari would turn against him and i think that's the whole point of oh absolutely on that and people miss that like because i mean there are a lot of times in here where he's wrong and like where he says don't worry, we'll win the war. This is just yeah. a minor setback. And you realize that, you know, the Sluis Van attacks and then the Katana fleet, it's all been leading up to this. Um, oh, totally. And like, you know, like I was saying with, with um, Sabioth, like Thrawn is, is constantly like rewriting his own narrative too, because mm-hmm. like, you know, all the first book, he's like, Sluis Van, this is the, this is the thing. This is our jam. This is so, so important. And then they lose, and he's like, "Well, it, re- it really wasn't that big yeah. of a deal. I mean, it's fine, you know. It's, it's a little minor, like you know, setback. No, no problem." Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. I mean, I like that Thrawn isn't isn't uh, infallible, and I I do like the you know, like like thematically, like it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just like in terms of. I don't know. Like, I guess I wanted a little bit more of a set piece. I think. I, I, I feel like he deserved a little bit more of a set piece is, right. is I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say. And like I said, this is fine. It's mm-hmm. not bad. It's I just... think the issue for me isn't necessarily that it is anticlimactic, but it is it seems very short. Like Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's, it's very sudden. It's like okay, we have to finish the book now. <laughs> you it know? Feels, yeah, it feels like an afterthought. Yeah. Right. I mean, the whole Bill Bringy thing feels like an afterthought, yeah. which is kind of what I was talking about before. Right. Um, and this is just sort of another piece of that. Yeah. Um, I also, so I just wanted to, you know, point out again with Rebels, you know, Thrawn, Thrawn does die here, his first appearance. And 
Um, I am very glad that Rebels did not follow suit and that he gets to live another day. Yes, more Thrawn! Be villain again in season four, which, by the way, I've seen so many people wonder, who's going to be the villain of season four? And I'm like, uh... Thrawn's still alive, dude. It's, uh, still it's Thrawn. Alive. Thrawn? It's, it's probably Thrawn. Thrawn? Did you see the and did you see the concept art of all the Mandalorian helmets? Because Thrawn is gonna go and kill them all, hopefully. <laughs> Not hopefully. hopefully. Not hopefully. <laughs> Just because you know, I like it. Don't, don't let Bria hear you say that. <laughs> so yeah, uh Thrawn's dead, Sabioth is dead. Let's all go and uh have a happy um have a happy life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's uh, basically what the last chapter is. Yeah, chapter yeah. 29. I didn't need to write anything about it, but I did for your guys' sake. Uh, you know, Mara's on the roof of the Imperial Palace. She's reminiscing about her past, how many times she came up here to look for a certain airspeeder, and now how it's so peaceful. And, you know, the Emperor never, you know, had her think about things this way. And, of course, as she's thinking about peace, Luke comes out and she's like, so much for inner peace. Um, by the way, I'm doing this all from memory. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Nancy uh, can recite this chapter. We're well aware. <laughs> so and they, that's okay. They talk about oh, the yeah. past. They talk about the future. Luke gives her a pitch, another pitch to be the New Republic liaison to the Smugglers Alliance, which Card has set up. Um, which is such like a weird. Like, it I is. never that, that never really like. It felt like Zahn is like, well, I need to, like, do something to, like, keep her sort of right. in the loop. And, like, I'll just do this awkward thing. See, if and they it- had a story <laughs> group back then, they would have known that Luke was going to be setting up in Jedi Academy. And he would have asked her to come join him and be one of his first students. But they didn't have that. So instead, many years later, a girl named Nancy would write a fanfic in which that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, and because that's what happened. And like, doesn't right. like Kevin J. Kevin J. Anderson have her just sort of like dipping into the academy? She like, shows she up, like, like she yeah. shows up, and then she's like, "Hey, I, I guess I decided to just come and and learn." And then she leaves. Yeah. Know? Well, and Luke, she's Luke a rebel. gives her like this total free pass to sort of come and go as she pleases, take yeah. training if she wants, like because he has no idea what to do with all of these feelings he has about her. She can can show up and that's great. And then when Mm -hmm. she leaves, it's kind of a relief because he's been a little distracted from the whole Jedi thing. Right. Also, she's incredibly exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because she's working there. I don't mean mean in a fanfic-y way. I just mean, like, emotionally, like, (laughs) it's exhausting having her around. (laughs) Uh, So the important thing about this chapter is that he gives her his old lightsaber, yeah, which is. means he might as well have given her an engagement ring. <laughs> uh, because gave her, it gave her a very meaningful, very phallic engagement ring. It did. And as I like to point out, you don't give any girl your dead father's lightsaber. <laughs> uh, it's no. kind of, as she points no, out, even... it's his last link to his his past and he was giving it to her. <gasps> yeah, and she's He'll like, get it back. She's like, well, the New we'll Republic is a community property state. <laughs> well, many years from now, he'll no. be widowed and all the property will become 
No, it it's Ben's. It becomes Ben's, not his. It's Ben's. Yeah. So yeah. But the good Ben, not the evil. No, <laughs> the good Ben. No, no, but but it belongs to his kid. But he could totally like steal it from the child at right. some point while that child is making out with the Sith girl. So Ugh, let's not talk about that. So, um, so <laughs> that's one of the things I did call somebody when it happened in the book. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they so Luke is like, well, you know, think about it. I'll be going inside, you know, head on. And when you're ready and he goes, you know, to open a door and she says, hang on a minute. I'll come with you. The end. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and fast forward 10 years to the Hand of Thrawn duology. I will, I will spoil you all. And that vision of the future ends in the exact same way. With her saying, hang on a minute. I'll come with you. After he has given her some hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they are engaged to be. Is wet. it ten years? It's ten years. Is it? Is it ten whole years? Yes, there's ten years okay. between them. Okay, I believe you. I just, I this is terrible. I thought I remembered the Solo twins as being nine, not ten. That's literally where my brain went. I was like, ten whole years, really? <laughs> I well, I think, I think they're, they're, I think they're still technically nine, but it's you know the way babies' ages are. You know, it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, nine I'm like, I could have sworn they were nine. <laughs> yeah. Because those are the things I remember. How old are Han and Lance's children? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's a super useful... Super important plot. It's a useful barometer for... Uh, or a useful shorthand for, you know, how far we are, you know, yeah. into the into the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. And the comic book that is about Luke and Mara's wedding... It's great. It's really not worth reading. It's terrible. Um, No, Union is amazing. And... Uh -oh. Everyone should read it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. The, the the actual wedding and the spa day are great. The mm -hmm. wedding dress designer people are horrible. They are, but that's it's great because Mara gets so pissed off at them. <laughs> Minimal that's worth is the maximal. That's worth Shut the up. price of entry. And then there's a bachelor party that involves a Wookiee with a keg. That's I like how we go from the end of this book and we jump like all of the expanded universe to like talk about Luke and Mars wedding. Talk about the wedding. Wookiees with now. kegs. It's great. It's I, great. And, and the girls on their spa day wind up beating up some guys and it's great. It, it's mm -hmm. great. I have a paper copy. Yeah. I have like a collectible paper copy. I have. Because I have priorities. I have a the uh, trick. I have the trade signed by Mike Sackpole. And that was used at my wedding to hold the ceremony script. Because That's amazing and awesome. And yeah. I, I already loved you, but I love you for that. <laughs> and I used Vision of the Future as our ring box. Is this in one of the uh, the Marvel reissue collections? Um, I'm not sure. I'll go looking. Yeah, It's called um, Union. Yep. Okay, I'll find it. So, uh, we were going to have another episode in which we discuss, like, the whole trilogy and Rebels and all that, but uh, life decided to vomit on me this week, so <laughs> we will not be doing another episode. So, um, instead of doing our usual Around the Horn, uh, let's talk about those two chapters. Let's talk about the trilogy as a whole, uh, your thoughts, if any, you know, if you're... If 
thoughts are different now than they were when you first read them. Um, and uh, Matthew, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, you know, I don't really like these books very much. Um. <laughs> Shut up. No, I mean, I yeah, I don't. I I honestly don't know what else I have to offer. Um, these books are great. Um, they have like a fine wine or a delicious <laughs> cheese, only improved with age. Um, reading them for analysis and and structure and whatnot uh, only makes me appreciate uh, Timothy Zahn's writing more, not less. You know, I I complain a lot about some of the more contrived plot devices and the puns um, but i mean and the, the <laughs> very angry <laughs> very angry about the planted puns still yeah. still oh they're great very angry um but yeah no it's it's good it's it's uh i liked it yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh they're they're great books they're 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 great on character they're great on structure uh they're great on action um i yeah no it's, if you don't like these books uh you don't like nba basketball wow okay <laughs> amanda your thoughts um I actually don't like NBA basketball, but I do like these books. I, mean, I don't um, like NBA basketball either. That's just a thing. I, says. I love that we did this. Um, I love that I was able to remember why I loved Mara Jade to begin with. Thank you. Because in these books, she is fantabulous <laughs> and not a Mary Sue. Um, but some people wrote her that She's way later. She's only and a I, Mary Sue when Zahn doesn't write her. Okay. Yeah, so Don't I was very glad to remember other... that, oh, right, she started off kind of awesome, and I do like that she ends up with kind Luke of? because <laughs> no, kind kidding. of awesome. <laughs> very and, awesome. And in some ways, completely relatable. Mm -hmm. if, if she were completely awesome, she would not be relatable to me, the unawesome person that I am. Um, so I love that. Um, I had forgotten how cleverly interwoven the plot threads are and how some of them are woven in so finely and subtly that you don't see them unless you're looking for them in places. Um, see, I think the planted thing was brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's brilliant. Like that, that's, I really... that's why it makes me mad. <laughs> so I appreciated it for its like literary quality. Now that I'm an author, like I can look at that differently and I'm like wow that that's really masterfully crafted um so I appreciate that in a way I don't think I ever did before um because I I want to be able to do that mm -hmm. um I want people to continue to pay me to write books it's a thing um <laughs> and then yeah funny how that happens the other thing is I will always and forever love that my OTP has precious little Jedi baby newborns. Like that's the best. <laughs> Thank I you for love saying that on forever. Brand. <laughs> on and land babies. <laughs> so that that also is forever adorable and I love it very much. Um yeah. I highly recommend these books to anyone who likes Star Wars or likes sci-fi. Um, or wants to read Legends and has never read Legends before because it was first and yep. 
You just kind of can't go wrong with these books. Yeah, it's funny because I, you know, people still do the whole question of what books should you read if you want to read Star Wars books. And, you know, now, you know, the the answer isn't so cut and dry. It used to always be Heir to the Empire, start there. Um, now it's not so cut and dry because, you know, you say, well, do you want to read canon? Do you want to read legends? Um, and I, I, I still, I, I still kind of go to Heir to the Empire, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be like, well, um, what do you like? But then I'll be like, oh, and you should read these and read them yeah. first. Although I will make a caveat to that. And I think this is something we would tell our friends, mm-hmm. people that we interact with to read these first. Um, these books are for smart people. <laughs> um, I would say that if someone who I didn't consider a smart person and you wait, this is going to come bite me in the ass one day. Um, someone I did not consider a smart person asked me this. This might not be the first Legends books I steer them to. <laughs> there are some that are more approachable. There are some that are more easy access, um, especially some of the ones that were written later. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for very smart people that have never read Legends and want to, I think this is absolutely a great entree. Yeah. I don't know. I read these. When did they come out? 91. I mean, I yeah. was 11 <laughs> when I read the first one of these. I was not like a particularly like advanced. I mean, I guess I was a little advanced in terms of reading, but like, you know, I was still 11. I mean, and I got, you know, I got enough out of it. <laughs> like, obviously, I get more out of it now. But, yeah. uh, but I th- um, well, I think like I think it's very a different. It's different from other Star Wars books because, you know, they, they're well, because there are those levels to get right. It there are it, it's science fiction. You know, yeah. a lot of Star Wars books tend more into fantasy, mm-hmm. um, and this you know Zahn is a is a science fiction writer, and that's exactly what these are. Star um, Wars tends more towards fantasy, right? Exactly. Um, so you know, I I often say you know if you like these books, definitely go go look at try to you know more zon books uh the icarus hunt is one of my favorites um and uh you know his, his other star wars books obviously um and he's got uh he actually has a new book coming out in may i saw yeah which um he's been talking about these books for a long time so i'm glad they're actually out um coming from tor and of course thrawn coming out next week. in a minute next week <laughs> oh my god um and you know i want to point out del rey uh posted the um dedication uh today on twitter and it made me cry for all those who have wished for more stories of grand admiral thrawn and to all those at lucasfilm and del rey who made it happen thank you Oh, Tim, I'm going to give you a Press hug it. next week. I do want to say, say I'm going to get to meet him next week. <laughs> He's coming to the party, isn't he? He's yeah. coming to celebration. Yep. I do want to yeah. say, like, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, like, shit on the new canon or anything. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm certainly not one of these Bring Back Legends people. But um, I haven't loved any of the new books the way I love these books. And maybe some of that mm-hmm. is nostalgia, but I honestly think a lot of it is just like pound for pound. Like this trilogy is like of a higher quality than you, yeah. you tend to find in uh, in just tie in media in general. And I think and it's also Star Wars. it's also hard because like 
<laughs> you never forget your first. <laughs> right. Well, that's what <laughs> and, I say about, about nostalgia. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, so. and for me, like this is, you know, and it's not just the first as in they were my first books. They were the first books. Right. And they were the first books. That's a, there's a reason why when you ask so many, you you ask people, who are your favorite EU characters? I would say at least four to five times per, someone would say a character from these books. Totally. You know, whether it would be Mara, Thrawn. I mean, you can't really give him Garm. credit. You can't really give him credit for like Jason and Jaina, but <laughs> Jason and Jaina were born in these books. So, <laughs> but again, true. like you know, how a- much? How much is that? Is nostalgia, and how much is it just like him creating like really strong, indelible characters? I think it's. I think it's a little both. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I agree. You know, I've I've seen people who've read these books, you know, later, and they they don't like them, and they don't understand why, um, you know, why why people like them so much, but. You know, I, I do think I do think there is there is a, something to say for having read to having read these at the right time. But I do know so many people who've read them after the fact who have also liked them. So. Well, from a macro perspective, um, Thrawn or the Thrawn trilogy survived uh, the prequels kind of rewriting the timeline. It survived the. Uh, decanonization of this whole era of books and it's as readable now as it was when the books first came out so that i think more than anything is a testament to the quality of these books yeah i agree i i i i was you know i've i've said you know after i've been reading these you know i'll I'll read the chapters and i'll say you know brian like i i'm really surprised at how well they hold up you know like even when there's something, you know, we we've pointed out in some episodes when it's like when we've said, um, you know, oh that's not right, you know that w- that the prequels overrid that, but it's it's not something that you it, it throws you out of the story, you know. Yeah, there's a little bit of timeline walking, and obviously yeah. now the sequel trilogy is is more conflicting with it than anything. Right. But even then, just mainly in terms of like the kids yep yeah i mean like with if you like rejiggered this like it could still like work within the within the context of of new canon you know and oh, actually, yeah you could and they should the make an animated stuff. series of movies about it <laughs> based on it with i really feel like everybody. these books benefited from the the canon reboot because this way they don't have to comply with the prequels anymore yeah, exactly. And you right, and, and the prequels stayed in canon and this book got moved to Legends. So suddenly <laughs> nothing is actually in conflict with anything anymore because <laughs> it is what it is. I think also and it's a lot can... I think it's also a lot easier to tell, you know, people to go read these books and then they don't necessarily have to go and read 150 books afterwards to get the rest of the story because they they don't have to anymore if they want to they can but yeah. you know they're you know uh fate of the jedi 9 isn't coming out and they have to read everything up to to for it to make sense you know um, you mean like i did that time yeah exactly <laughs> and okay, meanwhile but... on season 4 of the thron cast 
but they they did pulp sort of the Jedi, and I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but um, you know, I oh you there. That's are... a joke. There was never a sort of the Jedi. They did not pulp anything. Well, there was me. a sort of the Jedi. Well, there was a, a title, character. It, there wasn't. There weren't physical books to pulp. No, she was a character. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sort of the Jedi was she had a purple Italics. lightsaber. Yeah, and I love her forever. Mm-hmm. A purple lightsaber, like her auntie, who was her master. Love her forever. I know. Um. So yeah, I love these books still. Um, I'm glad I read them again, and um, I hope you all enjoyed revisiting them. They've made me really excited for Thrawn. Um. And I can't wait to read that book. And I hope that we get more books of Thrawn. Uh, Knowing that he survived season three of Rebels. And I'm really excited to see what happens to him going forward. Um, I'm, you know, I I worry they're going to kill him off in the show. Um, I hope they put him on a bus so Zon gets to do stuff with him afterwards. And Send him to make, the unknown region. And make, let him can team make up these, with Grand Admiral Sloan. They can Come make on, these give books us that into, book. into animated movies. Yeah, I mean, like, because <laughs> there, there, there is a mention of him in Empire's End, um, and you know, I, I've, you know, was debating with people after reading that book of whether or not, you know. Thrawn is still alive or not and a lot of people said well the way the the reference went it, you know it kind of makes it seem like he's dead and I'm like but it also oh, no. could be I... that he is just not around and I don't I, I feel like they are I think it was very... 100% ambiguous yeah and very intentionally so <laughs> I feel like they're very reticent to um get rid of stories that they could possibly tell. Like, it seems like the authors now want to leave as much open-ended as they can for both them and other authors to pick up and run with. This is not a character that you kill off-screen. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? It would be such a waste. We have comic books, you have novels, you have the possibility of animated series. Like, put this guy on ice somewhere right. and, and a lot let's of people resurrect him when the time is right a lot of people were saying that you know they thought he was gonna die at the end of the season and i'm like i don't think so because it, it, he hasn't done enough um there's still so much more to do with him and i don't see them killing him until see if they do it would be series finale you know get to get that big moment <laughs> now, people can twist themselves into pretzels trying to figure out how Ezra or Kanan can live, but won't grant the same obvious put him on a bus solution yeah. to Thrawn. And and they had he has a totally reason to be put on a bus because he came from the unknown regions, and that's why Palpatine wanted him because he knows those. Um, yeah, and I mean, and it like would fit he, in with the with the old canon. And I mean, he already, I mean, he kind of, you know, it was sort of a stalemate in the season finale. But I mean, just like, you know, have him lose and the Emperor's mad and says, go away. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there. I done. mean, exa- okay, yeah. it's exactly I, what happened to him. I wrote, I wrote it for you. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what happened. Um, or, you know, he doesn't kill all the rebels and that that's how he gets exiled. Yeah. 
So, um... Yeah. There's no need to, to kill him off just yet. No. Don't kill him off. Give us more Thrawn. More Thrawn. <laughs> or I'm sorry, as we know, he is still canonically Mithron Naruto. <laughs> Mithron Naruto. I'm so happy about that. My knowledge of how to spell that name is still useful. <laughs> I spelled it right on the first try in the Tashi Station post, and I was so proud Very of myself. Good. And so proud of me. <laughs> My phone autocorrects it now. Jeez. I was proud of I could spell Koyanaskatsu. That's that's <laughs> next level. <laughs> so, yes, thank you all so much for joining us for the Throncast. Uh, we hope you all have enjoyed our journey, and we hope you all will enjoy the future journeys uh, with Matthew Bowers at the helm. I'm sorry yes. in advance. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Slight hiatus. We're going to have a great time. Slight, slight hiatus before season four, but we yeah. will be back uh, soon-ish. Yes. Um, and uh, I won't say better than ever, but uh, we'll be zanier than ever. <laughs> or zonier than ever. We will ever. not have Nancy as the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, Although... When we I'm will in be charge, lacking a voice of reason. When I'm in charge, I I I do you know become the the stern dad. So, you know. <laughs> Good luck. With I that. don't believe you. So can <laughs> I come on during the Hand of Thrawn books and derail you and yeah, troll absolutely. you? Sweet. That is only fair. <laughs> All right, we, it's a deal. So Start working on your impersonations. <laughs> so um. Stay tuned for future episodes of Tashi Station Radio. We will be talking about Thrawn uh, after we read the book. Um, and um, we will. Uh, we also had an episode recently where we discussed season three of Rebels. So if you want to catch that, um, check that out on the blog or all your various feeds. Um Several of us will be at Celebration next week. Brian will be there. I will be there. Amanda will be there. If you run into us, say hey. Uh, come to the Drowning in Moonlight Gala Thursday night. Um, there yes. will be lots of fun. Timothy, uh, we will hopefully have some authors, like hopefully, Timothy's on, will be at the gala. And um, if not, uh, if you know something goes wrong, they will be at Celebration and you will be able to uh, get his autograph and get the various versions of Thrawn. It will be great. Um, yeah, and come say hey. And if you like the podcast, tell us. If you didn't, uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. And stay, I'll stay be such an exhausted pigeon. I won't even know. Because Stay, sub stay subscribed because yeah. we will be back yeah. in the same feed. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, this episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you, our Patreon subscribers. You can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, Elaine Winry, MR Bowers, Made of the Ninja, and Cyberpunk Warlock. You can find all our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Do not tune in next week because we will not be here. <laughs> but stay subscribed. We will be back. And thank you all for helping us expand the universe. Bye. Bye. Bye.